Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. All right, on today's episode of Best Hour of Their Day, we're going to hear a little bit about Todd's background on how he became a level four, because I've spoken about it a handful of times myself in my journey, but Todd's was very similar, but we've never really dove deep into it. So let's understand how Todd went from uh, no fitness, you know, completely (laughs) out of (laughs) completely out of shape, you know, terrible coach. To, you know the most prestigious of titles in the CrossFit community. So, so Todd, tell me about when you took your first level one. Um, 
I believe my first level one was in 2008. I, I want to say it was like in March, first weekend in March, something like that, 2008. Where was it? In, in Carolina? Yeah, in Charlotte. Who, who was teaching there? Um, Drew Thompson was the flow master. Chuck was there. Pat was there. Jenny was there. Justin Berg was there. Joe Alexander was there, I believe. And Mike G was there. Wow. Star-studded lineup at your first level one. Did you, did you make any connections? You know, cause I know Chuck, Jenny, uh, a few other people that you mentioned that, you know, you're kind of tight with now Mike G. So when you were there that weekend, did you make any connection or do you think you left and they would have had no idea who you were? Yeah, I left. They had no idea who I was. I mean, I knew Justin and I had known each other for, you know, five, six years at that point. Right. So we knew each other, but I think actually he was interning. I don't think he was uh, on staff yet. So he was playing his role and he wasn't playing buddy, buddy with, with me at that point. Um, I remember talking to Chuck. I remember asking him because when I had started CrossFit, like uh, the, the gym I was going to, we did a ton of like, it, we followed CrossFit.com, but on the rest days, there would be like a 30-minute grinder workout program. And I was trying to also figure out, so I just started CrossFit. I was also trying to figure out um, the nutrition stuff, wasn't eating enough food because I just cleaned up my diet. Um, and so I'd lost a bunch of weight, like my legs and ass had gotten small. And I remember talking to Chuck and just being like, is that happening in CrossFit? And him going, dude, if you want to be big, you got to eat big, son. <laughs> um, so I remember talking to him in a break or like after class or something like that. But that was about it. But other than that, I don't think I connected with anybody. I was too nervous while I was there. Did you get the feeling around Chuck at that point, like of the type of person he was right away? Or it was not until you got to know him a little bit better? Like, can oh, you no, tell right Yeah, yeah. He stood out in the crowd, I think, at that point. I remember I went during that conversation and talking to him, he gave me his email address to reach out if I ever needed anything. Um, never did, of course. So I was too nervous, but yeah, he was, he was the one that stood out the most to me in that uh, during that weekend. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that that's just who Chuck is. Nothing he puts out there is fake or bravada. It's all just like everything he tells you to do as a coach, as a person he's already doing, he's been doing it probably his whole life. So so you, you, you finish your level one. This is before the, the test. So you just kind of leave, yep. get your certificate. What was the impetus between that and you going back and taking your level two? And how long was the, was the gap between them? It was like in July, I think, is when I went and took my level two. So it was a quick turnaround. What? I mean, you must – I was one of the first level twos in 08 in February – you must have been one of the last because that did not last very long. Right. Yeah, it was like, it was July or August, I want to say. So we're talking four to six months after your level one. What, yep. what was the reason you decided to do that? Um, one, I wanted to, I think, test myself. Two, I, it, I was still at that point where like any CrossFit seminar, the just three was in town there was a you know there was an opportunity I wanted to prove myself prove to myself that I was you know a, a, a good coach 
which is funny because at the time I was not. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> we're not. I mean, I would argue that <laughs> anyone that took the old level two back then that's currently still coaching would look back and think they were a terrible coach. Oh yeah. I mean, I was horrible. So were you coaching though in, in that, in that gap there? Yeah, of course. I don't think I would have had a chance to, to pass it otherwise. And so I started coaching. So I got my level one in, in, in March, started coaching probably either the end of March, beginning of April, something like that. Um, and usually working with like the new athletes that came into the gym. And I think the biggest advantage I had was that I taught the new people at the gym the exact same way that I was taught at the level one. So I was like, all right, they use these progressions. These are the progressions I'm going to use. They put people in a circle. I'm going to put people in a circle. They use the PVC pipe. I'm going to use a PVC pipe. I literally just tried to mimic everything that I saw and remembered that they did. And what box was that at? CrossFit's outside. Oh, so that was at Berg's, Justin's box. Yep. Yep, yep. So, you, so really what I want to talk about is your level two, because like me, you passed your level two. We'll talk about what that was like. But then once the level three was released in maybe like 2013 or so, is probably when you and I took it. 13 or 14, maybe, something yeah, like that. Yeah, we were grandfathered into our level four. Right. So who was at your level two and where did you take it? Um, it was in Jacksonville, um, and it was Boz, Chuck, and Pat. So just three people, three you know of the best of the best coaching you. Was this during the time where they would bring in other people for the movements, or so? What, yeah, yeah, test subjects. What, yep. So I mean, you had an easier time than I did then. Why is that? So when when we did it. I don't remember how many. I would say there's probably 15 participants. Spieler was one of them. Tosh was one of them. Um, but we were coaching the participants. Yeah, there was, it was like half participants and it was half test subjects where people just showed up. No, no, but there were no test subjects. There was only participants when I coached it. So, so why would that be harder? I think because you want to know what's funny is right when I started CrossFit, like at an affiliate, not on my own, right? When there was one affiliate, when I was in Charlotte, they had a level two and I read on the website that they needed part or test subjects for this course. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't even know what this is, but if you want to volunteer, I want to volunteer. I want to learn as much as I can. So I went and at that time I literally didn't know the difference between a push press or a push jerk or any of that stuff. So I was in the group being coached by people trying to earn their level two at that time and literally had no idea what was going on. I was a complete newbie and like anything that they said I did. Right. So. That's exactly, that's exactly why it was an advantage because I was coaching the people trying to earn their level two. So they were, they already knew everything. They were already moving better. And I very vividly remember a moment in time where I, I want to say it was Chuck, Nicole and Pat kind of all looked at each other and were like, Oh shit everyone's moving so well it's hard to coach for these people <laughs> you and i both know that that is complete nonsense because even now even at the trainer segment if you took a group of six of us that work on staff and put us in a circle the, we don't move so well that there's nothing to coach and to teach yeah but that's us in 2020 not in right, 2008 
Well, yeah, even you in 2020 probably wouldn't come up with anything, but a, a, a good coach <laughs> would. You know, and not to mention, although we weren't being evaluated on a movement, we felt like it was just a 24-hour, you know, evaluation. So we're trying to move our best. And then eventually they would be whispering in our ears like, hey, make this mistake, make that mistake. But yeah. obviously – I think there's some merit to what I'm saying or else they wouldn't have made that change and made it easier for you to pass. What do you mean easier for you to pass for you to, no, to for see you, faults for that you, you specifically see? like, Oh, by having test subjects. Yeah. You think that made it easier? I'm telling that's the whole point of what I'm saying. I think it made it significantly easier. I think, I think you should have a level three and a half, not a four. So, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so high, with your height, you should be like a level <laughs> three and a quarter, I guess. <laughs> so, so what, what do you remember about your level two? What stands out to you? Um, number one, how devastatingly nervous I was. Like that was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done. Were you more nervous than attending your level one? Oh, way, way more nervous. And even way more nervous than my internship for staff. Really? Yeah, I think at that point, because because I was so new to coaching and I really, you know, it was like, I was confident that I knew stuff, but I also was insecure because I also wasn't that confident because I hadn't been doing that that long, you know? So when I took the level two, there was a handful of lectures similar to how, how it is now. And then there were breakout groups and then the evaluation came at, you know, around the second half of day two. And then individually they gave us feedback. How had it had changed from, February to August. Um, day one was where we would, they gave some lectures and they ran some examples. And then um, we practiced a little bit and got a little bit of feedback. Um, and then day two, you showed up and you, you taught you in the morning, everybody taught three times in front of each one of the trainers. And then they gave us like a two hour lunch where they all met together and then went through their notes and determined who passed and who didn't. Do you remember how many participants were there? Like of you trying to take the level two? Um, I don't, 15, 20, something like that. I don't know, 15 maybe. Do you have a rough idea of how many passed? Um, yeah, I think it was me, Chris Russell, Russell Berger, Megan Russell, Chris's wife, and then um, a girl, Jen, I think that's in, in uh, Savannah, Georgia. I think there was five of us that passed. I mean, so, maybe. you know, those listening that know, I mean, you're talking people that ultimately went on to seminar staff, you yep. know, with Russell and, and Chris Russell. Were there any people that were there that you've stayed in contact with or that were decent coaches or continue to coach that didn't pass? Not that I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not as good as you are at staying in contact with people. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I kind of have memories of a handful. I can probably look up the people that were there. Do you feel like, I? this is what I felt like. I felt like there's two types of people. There's people that didn't pass their level two. And, and then there's the people that have interned and didn't make it on staff. And I think somewhere in there, they kind of become disenfranchised with CrossFit because they didn't get to the point they wanted to. What do you think about that? I think that potentially could be it. I think there were times where like, we probably could have done a better job of like welcoming, like 
just, I don't know if making the, not making the process a little bit easier, but be, being a little more welcoming. It was like, you have to earn your chops, right? Getting into any of this kind of stuff. And it was the same with passing the level two as it is in the internship process and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't early on. It was like, it was like affiliates were early on. It wasn't like you walk in the door and someone's there to cater to you and scale your workout. It was a lot like, well, here's our workout. You think you can do that? Well, let me see you try. And then, you know, so I, yeah, I, I, mean, I kind of agree with you, but it was kind of like the, just the, 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 the atmosphere of the, the, the movement in general at that time, I felt like. Yeah. And it's tough. And I'm sure there are people that are not that way. I, I know there are people that are not that way that, you know, either did not pass their level two or did not make it onto seminar staff and are still very much involved in the CrossFit world and landscape. But I, I can think of many of the interns that have come and gone since I've been on staff and a good portion of them wind up doing something different. They find like, all right, I'm going to do uh, this type of fitness instead. And it's, I, you know, I'm not knocking them. I don't know what that's like, but I can imagine it would be like getting cut from your team in high school and, you know, then still wanting to play basketball or whatever the sport is. It's like, ah, you're, you're kind of told you're not good at something that you really care about. Well, I think it takes a lot of grit and determination to come back and try it again, to, to be able to be humble enough to accept the feedback that, hey, you're not quite there yet. If this is something you want to do, you need to go home and do some work and then come back and try it again. And a lot of times it's like it's pretty deflating to be told you're not there if you think you're there. And then you go back and you, you know, don't want to put in the work or you decide that maybe a different options where you want to go. I mean, how many times did you try the internship before you made it through three? Would it take you three times? <laughs> Are you joking? You mean three? No, it was a couple, at least you mean three multiple, three times with multiple internships. You're saying. Yeah. You, you did the internship. You didn't make it on staff. You yeah, left for say... months, right? How many, like how many times, how many cracks at getting on staff did you have? I think I had not including the beginning when I was interning and there was basically no protocol and I would just get like, you didn't make it, but you're also not, not on anymore. I would say twice. I think I got a, a three month and a six month, like come back in three months. That, so that was the work. first one. And come then back come in back six. in six months. So and, you know, two, and so it was your third, uh, third attempt is when you finally made it through. Yeah. I mean, I looked at it like it was all one big massive journey, but, but yeah, I, <laughs> but, but that's the, I think that's the difference for you. I've seen it happen to where you, somebody gets the, Hey, come back in six months or three months and they don't see it as one big long journey. They're just like, Nope, I didn't make it. That's not yeah, for me. I, I'm going to go do something else. That's interesting. I wonder what percentage of interns, if they don't get put on and they they're told, Hey, you need to, you know, and for the record, what Todd's talking about is, Hey, you'll, you'll hear a lot of, we like you, you're good, but you have some things to work on. Take three months, take six months at the discretion of the flow master and come back. You know, typically it's like, Hey, you really need to work on X. And I wonder what percentage of people heed that advice and come back. I know my internet's choppy. Todd's telling me my internet's a little choppy, but but I'm recording, so people are still hearing it. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fill in the gaps of what I'm saying. So I, I I wonder what percentage of that, and I wonder. I guess the next question would be: Am I the 
most driven person you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. Did you name CrossFit says, Drive after me? Is that says the, is that says the guy who who got on the call and wiping the sleep out of his eyes, still wearing his nightgown, his hair <laughs> sticking <nightgown>. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super driven, I can tell. Sleeps in till ten thirty a.m. I did sleep in today. Um, had a great night. You know what it was? It snowed here, and it was yeah. cold. And I just, it was such a better night's sleep with that cold, yeah. you know, going under the blankets. But no, it's interesting. And I wonder how many people listening would do that. I, there, there was something about it when I was doing it that it was never, I guess it's like anything. If you really want it, you're just like, okay, this is an obstacle. Now I need to figure out how to get past it. But I, I know plenty of people that were given that. And, and my advice to them is always the alternative is don't come back. So if you're told, come back in three months, come back in six months, that's a good sign compared to, you know, obviously it's not you're hired, but it's better than the alternative of your, your we don't want you. Right. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? Yep. Yep. This is where you uh, respond with your thoughts. You're not, okay. You're yeah, getting, man, not really. You're getting okay. cut off pretty good. But anyways, you're right. Like it's better than the alternative of told that you don't have what it takes and Good luck doing whatever you're going to do, right? Who told you you passed your level two? Um, it was Pat that gave me my feedback, which was, which was interesting. And I still remember this. It was like he went through, so they, they grade you on the six criteria, right, that we cover in the level two now and that we've talked about on this, this, this podcast in, at different times. But he goes through, and I, my teaching was pretty good. My scene, there was a couple things I missed which is funny because some of the people I knew that like Justin jumped in as a participant and he planted some faults and I just I knew he moved well so I think I ignored him but he was intentionally doing stuff that I missed which I was like you jerk um anyways got feedback was pretty decent there pretty decent with my um correcting my group management all of that and he gets to the kind of the end of some of that stuff and then he stops and looks at me he's like hey let me ask you something he's like do you actually like coaching <laughs> and I was like, yeah, of course. I love it. This is so great. You know, telling him how much, you know, how passionate I am about it. And he goes, well, I haven't seen you smile all weekend long. And if it doesn't look like you're having much fun, it's going to be hard for anybody in your class to have up and have a good time. So I, uh, you know, I still think about that a lot, even now, because I know that there's certain times where I'm so fixated and concentrating on what I'm doing. Um, that when I do that, I don't just relax and have fun. I'm trying to deliver the material or I'm trying to coach or I'm trying to, you know, whatever it is, there's a task at hand and I'm just trying to accomplish the task rather than kind of relaxing and, and trying to have a good time. Yeah. Why do you think you've not decided at all to work on your presence and attitude since then? Yeah. Cause it continues to work. I passed then without <laughs> any presence and attitude, and, you know, just going to so, continue doing that. So, you and I are like the opposites. I was, I was told I have an abundance of presence and attitude and I'm really bad at everything else. And you were good at everything else, but you have no presence and attitude. Yeah, that's interesting, right? I had one thing to work on. You had five things to work on and you haven't improved <laughs> any of them. I just keep working on my presence and attitude. That's the thing is like, if anybody wants to take a lesson at home, you know, from this call is just keep showing up. They tell you six months, they tell you three months, just keep showing up. You don't even have to necessarily get better at coaching or seeing or correcting. You just 
are likable enough or annoying enough and don't, they don't want you to keep bothering them. Likable or annoying. I, I wonder which one was it was for me. What out of the six, since you're level two, which one do you think has improved the most? Uh, my scene and correcting, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think that I would say that's probably true for 90% of the people that pass their level two, but especially if you made it on staff, you probably have presence and attitude. What's that? You can't hear me at all. Talk to me. I can hear you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You were completely muted. I'm not touching. What were you I saying? Think, I think I maybe it's the drive fitness internet because my internet is fine here. So yeah. I, I was saying most people that have passed their level two and then ultimately those that went on to seminar staff would say the same as you that seeing and correcting is where they've improved the most. You know, if you made it on to seminar staff, your presence and attitude is, is probably okay. Your demonstration's okay. Your group management's okay. But you can always continue to see and in, incorrect in better. Yeah, and obviously with that, like the nuances of your your teachings continue to improve and get better along the way too. Obviously, I know I'm a significantly better teacher as well. Okay, so you passed your level two. Let's let's go on to this. In order to earn your level four, you had to pass your your level three test. What do you remember about getting ready for your level three? That again? What do you remember about getting ready for your level three? Um, I just went through the study material. That was, I think, the big thing for me is like there's a list that's on, on CrossFit.com that you can find for the study material. And I remember starting by going through all the videos. Um, once I made it through all the videos, then I started reading the articles based on the articles I knew I hadn't read before or the areas where I knew I had some um, opportunity to learn more and made it through those. And I think it was like it was probably an hour a day, 30 minutes to an hour a day for about a month is what I, what kind of effort I put into it or what kind of like studying I did there. How confident were you heading into the test? I was pretty confident. I, I mean, I'm always been a pretty good test taker. So that, I, I think there's a ton of that. I mean, a lot of times I think the thing that, that gets people just either they haven't sat for a test in a long time, or maybe they feel some test anxiety or something like that. And that, just that approach will make the test significantly harder than it would be than to go in with a little bit of confidence of like, Hey, I'm going to read the question. I'm going to, you know, read the answers completely. I'm going to think about it um, critically and then I'm going to select the best answer. So. When you took the test, did you get the results as soon as you finished? Yeah. I think they give you unofficial results. Yeah. Yeah. That's what mine was. I left. I wasn't expecting that. And, the proctor, whoever was working the test station was like, congrats, you passed. And I remember going in fairly confident and leaving thinking there's a chance I did not pass this. But you, you were, you were that confident. Yeah, I felt, like I said, I felt pretty good with it. So, I did my studying and I, I test pretty well. So you, you finished your level three and then did you already realize you'd be a level four at that point? I think they had told us that before we took our level three. Yeah, I think, so I think I if I that. remember correctly, we were both on staff and 
it wasn't a beta, but it was like, hey, they're just putting out the level three and we were some of the first people to take it. Yep. I don't know to this day, I was on a podcast recently and she asked me how many level fours there were. I don't know to the number, but I said, uh, I said that give probably, me, oh, Todd's got, I got it. what's going on Give here? me. A Where are you going? Where are you walking around your gym? I'm pretty sure I've got that information. Oh, you were looking it up. I thought you were walking around. So I said, I said to her, I don't know how many exactly, but I bet you they can all fit in your house. <laughs> For sure. Let's see what I got. I think I've got this somewhere. I know what the meeting this, was uh, at this year. Is this um, public knowledge? I don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. The number of, uh, the number of, there was 87 as of um the the beginning of this year and i don't think there's been any additional level fours tested so that's gotta be right is there anything else in this world that you're the one of 87 yeah i don't know probably not yeah i mean that's it's impressive right so i think obviously we're not sure when the level four is going to finally come out but we're going to see that number grow do you know how many have passed the level three is that in your same notes there yeah, at, at the time there was like a thousand and sixty-two. So I'm sure there's, you know, significantly more. Not significantly more, but there's a good number since then. Yeah, that could have easily doubled though, because the level three has been going on. I mean, maybe yeah, not just doubled, since the but... beginning. Since the beginning of the year, I doubt it doubled, but I'm sure there's probably, you know, fifty or hundred more. If you look at the funnel though, from level one to two to three to four, it's pretty, pretty impressive how, for those that stick around. I mean, the level three credential is very impressive. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, yeah, it's can can comparatively, it's pretty pretty exclusive. That's for sure. All right. Well, that's what we wanted to know. People were, you know, a lot of people writing in questioning, does Todd really have his level four? He doesn't seem that good. You know, Not so, that good. Always you know, be better. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know, we we've learned a lot. We learned that my level two was a lot harder to achieve. We also learned you named your box after my drive, after my never give up attitude. <laughs> yeah, stay in bed, keep eating your Swedish fish. Uh, you know what, and, uh, I don't really, well now that I've been doing carnivore, I don't have any Swedish fish. Man, that's gotta be tough. And yeah, Swedish fish were never my thing, but you know, I, I enjoyed them. Anyway, we wanted to get the backstory on Todd. Congrats on your level four, much like mine. But um, anything else to add about your journey? Nah, man, it's, it's ongoing. As soon as Let's you get, think you've achieved it and gotten there, I think that's when it's time to find something new to do. That's a good point. Let's say one piece of advice for someone looking to make it onto seminar staff. You got to do what you've seen people at seminars do. Like coach, coach the way that you see us coach. You got to know the nine foundational movements, the points of performance inside and out. And you got to know, know the progressions. Yeah, that's, it is, that is solid advice. Cause so many people show up and they're like, either try to do it their own way, or it's like, you don't know the progressions. And these are things that you should easily know. You've had the time to know you've probably received an email telling you to know them. And then you show up and you don't know them. It's just a. Even big, like, and that goes beyond just if you want to work on seminar staff, it's like, if you want to be a good coach, if you know these nine movements, 
and you know the point's performance, like you're set up for success on coaching any other movement you're going to coach. And, you know, the simpler you keep things and the simpler you make things, the easier it's going to be for you too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Todd. Thanks for sharing your journey. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.